Kia ora, welcome to Power Up Podcast, powered by Venture Taranaki and produced by Raw Collective. We're celebrating the success of remarkable Taranaki entrepreneurs, highlighting their stories and showcasing the best of work and play in this exceptional region. This season, we're talking to trailblazing enterprise owners and founders, young and the not-so-young, in energy, skincare, coffee, engineering, manufacturing and food. And it's no exaggeration to say that some are genuine world leaders in their fields, pioneering positive global change while living the famous Taranaki like no other lifestyle. I'm your host, David Downs. Now let's discover why Taranaki is a region where unique natural and business environments collide, enabling people to flourish, both at work and home. No mai, haere mai, we welcome you to hear our enterprising future like no other. Today's guests are John and Sonia from Carrick. The deeper you look into the engineering sector in Taranaki, the more impressive you'll realise it is. Carrick Group is a great example, achieving massive international success from its humble provincial home in Eltham. It was founded in 1988 when John Burling created his first product in his garage, a trailer coupling that wouldn't jam or break. It now operates in eight locations across Taranaki, manufactures more than 4,000 different components and employs more than 40 people, including John's wife Yvette and their three adult children. John is completely self-taught and among his many innovations is the track grip, a coupling for tracked vehicles that is worth millions alone and helps firefighting vehicles around the world to save lives. John and his daughter, Carrick CEO Sonia Kaiser, show how the old school tinkerer is still very much valued in today's world. The journey from garage to global innovation is as awesome as it is interesting. Well, kia ora and welcome to John and Sonia. Thanks for coming in. Oh, great. Yeah, kia ora. Thanks you, for having us. Just driven up from Eltham, have you? We have. Yes. Got any cheese for me? <laughs> No, but we had lunch up here. Oh, good. Nice. So whereabouts exactly do you live, John? In Eltham itself, in the township, right by the cheese factory, really. Oh, really? Good. (laughs) I was was right then. But you grew up on a farm, didn't you? Correct. Our writer, Mackie of Hara. Oh, okay. Hara. Hara. We're just talking about pronouncing names. Hara. But yeah, okay. It was a good childhood. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was great being brought up on the farm, you know, plenty of places to run around and Plenty of things to do. Is know? it a dairy farm? No, sheep. Sheep. Mm. Oh, yeah, good. It's a it's lazy farming sheep. Ah. <laughs> That's what no, the dairy guys will tell busy. you. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be pretty busy. Yeah. You know, farming gives you a real practical side. You know, farmers typically can turn their hand to anything. Is that what's behind some of your well, exactly. innovations? I mean, the whole thing was about keeping things running and fixing things. And as a little kid, it always fascinated me, you know, like chainsaws and all these. As a little kid? Yeah. What, did you, what are your parents letting you play with chainsaws? Well, I started fixing them when I was like seven years of age, eight Good years Lord. of age. Yeah, Good repairing Lord. them and. I just love making so, motorbikes. Oh, they call you a three-fingered John, is it? Oh, <laughs> well, still got all my no, they go, they're all there. They're all there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that and that kind of tinkering spirit is clearly part of your oh, personality. Sure, sure. I um, was always fascinated with motorcycles when I was young. You know, go karts and all that sort of thing. You know, so yeah. I made my first motorbike when I was about. 10, 11 years of age. Good God. Out of what? Oh, like a, out of popular mechanics, a go bike, you know, with two wheels and a Briggs and Stratton engine in it. Oh, it was real good. It worked fine, you know. Really? Go karts, made go karts and drove them to death and ripped up the paddocks. and Just going for a hoon around the paddocks? Oh, and... all day long. Ah, <laughs> around, scaring the sheep. Yeah. But you but you turned that into something a bit more serious then because you became a, a national champion in motocross. I did, yeah. That was in 1976 in Christchurch and... I was in the North Island team for a couple of years as well, and um, 
yeah, it was really good. It was um, a big part of my life and it was only the second year I was writing I did that too. So, wow. you know, a lot of people spend all their life trying to do that, you know. Like, yeah. Fabulous. you got a bit of a daredevil spirit around you, haven't you? Yeah, I, I was tell. never afraid of anything. I'm probably still not afraid of anything now. You had a glint really. in your eye. It scares me. <laughs> um, but you met your wife. Did she calm you down a little bit, Yvonne? Yeah, that was back in 1979. I think it was the other way around. She met me, actually. She was more inquisitive about what I was doing, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, she a groupie on the motocross scene. Well, I, she had a, a family member who was running one of my discos for a while, and she was always interested to find out how he was doing it, you know what I'm right. saying? So I think it was her being inquisitive with me that that's how can we met. Oh, I thought, oh, she's a pretty interesting person. Is <laughs> she from Eltham originally as well? Well, she is from Eltham, yeah, but at the time she was teaching in Tauranga. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it was just an off chance that we met and, um, yeah, we sort of clicked right from the way go. Clicked very well. And uh, speaking of which, Sonia, um, you're one of three of their children. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so they so what do you remember of your childhood? You grew up in the same sort of thing, around the farm, fixing chainsaws and motorbikes? We had a townhouse, but it was still very, you know, we had pets on the farm and motorbikes. You know, Dad taught me to, to ride my first motorbike at the age of four with a, with a rope behind me. We were right next to the fire station paddock, so we had a little bit of a paddock out there. How and- did your mum feel about that? Oh, I didn't she too much say. She should have, yeah, enjoyed it, obviously. Mum, mum had a motorbike licence herself, so yeah. we've always been around motorbikes. Blooming heck, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and now you clearly love it because you're still there and you're working with your dad. Yeah, absolutely. 20 years later, yeah, still there. Good God. Yeah, it's been amazing to see it evolve and only getting bigger. Yeah. And is that practical sort of tinkering innovation spirit carried on to your generation? Because you've got a couple of kids as well. Are yeah, they so are on motorbikes as we speak? Yeah, yeah, we've got motorbikes and they're into go-karts and they're out haymaking with their dad or just getting some woods and nails and, yeah, hammering away. And so, yeah, they are they are practical and it's neat to have that upbringing in the yeah. cow shed or we've just bought a new 50-bell rotary cow shed. So, yeah, they've been amongst that the whole time. So, right, cranes. So proper farming. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the farming, soft, yeah. cheap oh. stuff. They're doing proper getting up at 4 a.m. Yeah, or whatever it is. Well, I've still got 100 job. sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, tell us about that. When you went into the work life, did you go straight into working for Carrick or did you go off and do other things first? I started uh, the holiday job about 17 and then I went and worked in Australia for the largest marketing and sales company in Australia and I was the top in my first month there. Yeah, and then I came back and um, worked full-time there. My husband and I have done our OE all around um, America, Europe and come back as well and also studied uh, at Wit here for a business degree and also for a sports and nutrition um, degree as well. So it's been nice to work the whole time and actually be practical hands-on but get that study as well. That's fantastic. Hence why you're the CEO now. Yeah, I've had what my like mum says, twenty years worth of apprenticeship. So that's right. <laughs> Step into the role now. Yeah, yeah so, love it. So does your dad report to you? Is that how this thing? Sure does. Really? <laughs> How's this? But you just shut your ears for a minute. He's How's doing this, very he's well. Doing all right. Okay. Yeah, he is Performance very well. reviews. Yes, absolutely. Satisfactory. All that. <laughs> does he? Does he come to work with the old dad joke every now and then? He does actually. Yeah, that the office staff think it's quite funny. Yeah, uh, it kind of goes over don't. my head. But yeah. <laughs> Goes on my head a little bit, but no. Your challenge, John. Give yeah. us a dad joke by the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, so you started off Carrick with a trailer coupling. For, for those of us city folk, what's a coupling? What does a trailer coupling do? Well, how I developed it. You want to know how I developed it as yeah, well? Yeah, how do you develop so, it? So what, what happened was we had it in those days had a motorbike shop as well, and we used to make these motorbike trailers. And every time we made these trailers and take them off to the rail, because in those days you weren't allowed to just send them around on trucks. It was when rail had domination. 
And every time we get down to the railhead, you could never get the trailer coupling off the tow ball. Oh, you know, we out with spanners. And so I wrote this list down. I still had it for ages of 10 different ways you can improve a trailer coupling, just right. as on, on a napkin, just joking around. And I just set to and started making it the way I thought it should be made and how it could be practical. Oh, I guess the rest is really history. I patented the product and got it DSI tested at the time and it just evolved and now it's sold all around the world, you know. <laughs> so, so Sonia, you're still making and selling and... Oh, we're selling more than ever of those trailer couplings. Yeah, more than... We cannot keep up with those trailer couplings to this day. Isn't that incredible? We to the looking, original design? Yep. Yep, we are looking for welders and people right now to come on board in that production line. Right, yeah, even out there, if you're a welder looking for a job... Absolutely. Get to Eltham, <laughs> near <laughs> yes. the cheese factory. But that's amazing to take an innovation or an invention and get the patent and get all the way into production and still be going strong. You still keep new product development? You're coming up oh, with new totally. things all the time? I mean, we started that, that, like I said, with that trailer coupling in the shed, in the car shed, and developed it from there and, like I said, sell it to the world. And it's an interesting thing because accountants and banks and things like that say that a lot of that stuff only has a five-year cycle and then it, it, it would, would disappear. Well, we've been making that product now for 34 years and we sell more today than we're going to sell. then. There are more trailers around now. I just think it's more, we're selling it more overseas. So we're expanding the market and we've kept that market share all of those years and it's growing. All right. So tell about the early years when you were trying to build the business and, and Yvonne was teaching, I think your wife was teaching, you're trying to build a business. Oh, it was pretty tough. You know, we didn't have any money and it was really hard work. And um, yeah, so Yvonne, went, she carried on teaching. So was able to feed the children and, and I was playing around the shed making these things and it evolved. You know, we had people wanting to buy them all the time but not in the volume of it is today. Right. And it did take a little while. It took four or five years to get acceptance into the market, you know. But making the products one thing, actually getting it into the market, selling it, yep, you know, I had to service. Ju- I just got jumped in the ute and travelled all around the North Island and two weeks of the South Island once a year. Selling it to everybody else. Yeah, but a field days. Yeah, field days. Yes, all of those things. And um, and you're completely self-taught, as I understand. Oh, so totally. Was that ever an issue? I mean, you've now oh, got I you know it's a, a I think it's highly a educated CEO, so you're okay. But it's plus to not be educated. Yeah, I think it's um, a plus because what I've always said to people that are educated, they think about things too much. They think of what's the right way and the wrong way. I don't think of that at all. I don't think there's any wrong way or right way. Just do it. And see if it works. That's right. Learn. Yeah. And, I mean, I've made, over the years, made huge amounts of inventions. And Like I was the first person in New Zealand and patented the T-bar that goes on the four-wheelers. Oh, okay. That was me that designed that. Wow. And that's all around the world now. I was the first person in the world to design and patent that product. Lots of things like that. Where do you get your inspiration from? It's more from just seeing things or trying to, make things more simple than what they are. You know, I think a lot of people make things too complicated and, you know, it costs a lot of money and I think the thing is just keep things simple. Yeah. And I've always had the motto, if you can't carry it, don't make it, you know, so if you can get it in your hands and carry it, it's an easy thing. Like you don't want to go making a 
truck or something that's so big that you can never carry. It's too complicated. Yeah, oh, that's right. Too complicated. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, Sonia, in 1988, this was all happening. Dad's building the business. He's out in the shed. You're being taught, etc. What were you aware of at the time? Was it always always what Dad did? He disappeared for two weeks to the South Island and. Yeah, but when he did disappear, you know, Mum would always have the the maps printed out, and we'd travel him every night. Oh, yeah, of, of where we would go, and sometimes in the school holidays we would go with him. So we got to tour the country as well. But as busy as Mum and Dad were, you never think now that they were never there. Like Dad was always, you know, teaching us or um, weekends. You know, we'd take the scamper over to Taupo. We've got a family batch in Uranui, so you know, we were always doing things as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds like a really idyllic. Life, actually. I love the idea that you're sort of working out where Dad is. Now yeah. you just look at him and find my friends on a phone. And you're... <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we know oh, he's at a pub again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't drink. <laughs> oh, good idea. That might be part of your secret there. Uh, <laughs> Was there a moment where it just sort of started to take off for you, do you think? Oh, very much so. You know, we struggled for many, many years, and I always remember when New Zealand won the America's Cup the first time. That was a big thing for New Zealand. And I I said to Yvonne and said to the kids, I want to be a part of that. And I went to work and said, I want to be a part of the America's Cup. People laughed at me, you know, and said, well, you know, you're in Eltham. How could you be a part of the America's Cup? I said, I don't know. So I jumped in the ute, went to Auckland and tried to become a part of the America's Cup. And I always remember this clearly as a day. So I thought, well, with America's Cup, all these people are going to have these boats and they're going to go and watch this America's Cup. So I went around the boat manufacturers seeing if I could do something and then one of them said to me, well, it's not the boat, it's a trailer. You need to make parts of the trailer. This so is I, your happy zone. So I had this light bulb moment. So I kept travelling around and kept seeing these people about making these parts of the trailers and people at start with didn't really want to do it. They were sort of just doing their thing. So I always remember Phil from Voyager and I, I called in their teams one day and said, Phil, can I give you a hand to make something. You know, he said, nah. And he was making these stainless steel pins and he was swearing and cursing, trying to drill the hole in it because it's really hard to do. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. How much do you pay for the a metre of that stuff? So he told me. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make them for the same price as you can buy the stainless steel. And he thought that that was crazy. But he took me up on it and said, oh, hey, you, this bug is he's going to lose made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. But what I did was I went back. I knew how much to pay for the stainless, so I managed to get a good price on the stainless, built a machine that could drill the stainless without touching it so the machine could make it. Anyway, we built those for six months and virtually were doing them for nothing. But then he said to me, right, you can start making all these wobble arms. Well, today, all the trailer manufacturers, mostly in New Zealand now, we make all these wobble rollers and quad arms for years and years and years. And it's huge business for carry, but it was a turning point of the whole thing, because I was trying to sell them trailer couplings, I ended up selling that. And I always remember saying to Yvonne, we need to automate this. And she said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, I'm going to go and buy a fully automatic bandsaw. She said, we don't have any money. I said, well, if you want to make some money, we'll go and buy one. So she let me go and buy one. And we put those automatic saws in. No one else had them. And it was just a big turning point. It sounds like you're, you did that risk takers coming through again and again to- here. Totally. Giving away the product, buying things you can't afford. That's right. Yeah. Like, if on the CFO, though, she sort of oh, yeah, she keeps is. the purse strings. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Sounds like the kitchen table's a pretty busy place at your, at your <laughs> oh, house. Yes. Do you have your board meetings around the kitchen table? Oh, we used to, yeah. 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 That's wonderful. But then, Sonia, you've also broken into international markets, you mentioned earlier. So 
Tell us about that. How do you, how do you service and support internationally? Yes, well, it's taken us, you know, it hasn't been easy for us to do that. You know, we've been having, well, especially the track group now 10 years internationally, and it's now that it's really taking off and people know the product and we don't even need to sell the product because everybody knows it. So, yeah, international is, is going to be huge for us, for track group, which is extremely exciting times uh, for the team yeah. at Carrick. Yeah, and when is this? I mean, you're very modest, but clearly it's taken off. But you've come on as a CEO too. So is there a direct correlation here between bringing on a highly skilled CEO? John's looking reflective at the moment. Well, it's very important because the thing is that it's it's too much work for me. Yeah, you know, like you can't run a business that size just with one person. And Yvonne and I have been trying to do that for years. We've tried putting other people in charge and and putting other people, but family is way more important. And they have a completely different attitude to the whole thing because at the end of the day, it's just as much their gain as it is ours. Now, a normal person, if you're employing, that's not really the case, you know. It's a monetary thing on the day, whereas Sonia sees it as a long-term thing for the next few yeah. years. Yeah, it's, it's going to stay a family business. Is that your plan? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. What a wonderful idea. Does it cause problems, though, Sonia, being a family business? No, it would only bring us stronger, really. Like, we have a lot to do with each other outside of work. Like, there's not even a, a night where I don't talk to mum on the phone after work. Yeah. You know, so we are very, very close. And also, you know, with my husband's side of the family, we're on a dairy farm, so surrounded by family there as well. So absolutely love it. That's fantastic. Yep, have, you got, have you got the kids engaged in the business yet? Are they doing yeah, any work? Yep, yep, they've already got there. We've got our um, mum and dad's grandson. Yes, and my nephew's, he's in there, he's 16, doing a trade and working there. And, yeah, and then my kids, yeah, they feel like they need to come because then they can, My one of mine is right into tractors, so he's got that quote already, age of seven, and, yeah, he needs some money to... <laughs> Age of seven, he was tractor. fixing chainsaws, mate. Right. I think you need to get yeah. onto that. Yeah. Oh, I think it's wonderful. Mm. But and you've diversified though. We talked a lot about the trailer companies, but you've diversified. You're in automotive, agriculture, marine, you know, all sorts of engineering things. Yeah. Oh, that's been a that was another big change to the company after we got that America's Cup in it. Of course, it it went. We still kept all that business, but we wanted to also. Travelling around, we had the opportunity to um, manufacture stuff for the automotive industry. And a lot of that automotive was closing down in New Zealand because they weren't making cars here and anymore. But I thought, well, if we do this right, we'll still continue on with it. So automotive is actually the biggest part of our business today, actually, still today. That's, that would surprise a lot of people. Well, a lot of people don't realise that manufacturing in New Zealand is actually quite still a very big, well, it's bigger than it's been in a long time, oh, actually. It's, it's, but it's, it's specialists manufacturing Speci- oh, like, you what you're doing. You've got to be specialist in what you're doing. You've got to have the best gear. You've got to have a real thinking way about making it um, what the customer wants. Yeah, it's pretty important. And do you have to keep investing in new product innovations on your new equipment, (laughs) CNC machines, all the gadgets? Yeah, it's been quite exciting recently with some new purchases. Uh, You spend millions, don't we? Yeah, yeah, and you have to do you pay for that out of sort of organic growth or are you having to bring in capital? Uh, No, basically organic growth, yeah. The the, the big lasers, like when we put them in, they were like 1.6 million. We borrowed money for those things, but... Generally, we try and um, fund a lot of it ourselves. We just put a big router in and a big CNC lathe, but we, we finance that. But the financing is a very small part of the operation now, you know what yeah. I mean? So let's talk about track grip. That's a new and most successful innovation. So first, can you please explain to me, because I'm just a city guy, what's this track grip? Yeah, sure. So track grip is an attachment that bolts onto the grasses of the diggers to give extra traction, stability and safety. So we now make them for any size, any machine and model. 
yeah, it's saving a lot of people's lives and people now can't work on the excavators without them, even in the dry or the or the wet. Wow. So you've yeah, got some for snow and ice and the muddy conditions. So this is on the outside of like a caterpillar maroon, like a you know, tractor or something that's got those sort of caterpillary things, not the wheelie things. That's right. And it's life saving, you're saying? Oh, absolutely life saving. Yeah, we've had a lot of people that have called us up to say that, yep, saved their lives or they couldn't have got that job without them and oh. Yeah, the amount of time and money saved by having them is phenomenal. How does that make you feel? That's amazing. Oh, it's amazing, really. You know, we've got them in the Antarctica and up in Norway and all over the world. But I always remember there was a couple of things. I must have been about five or six years ago. I was trying to sell some to a guy in Auckland, actually. It was really funny. And he said, oh, I don't need those things. Anyway, what happened was he rang up one day. He said, I need them here tomorrow. And I said, What? And he said, no, I just don't ask me any questions. I just need to meet tomorrow. So I cut them out, sent them to him next day. Well, I think every month for the next three years, he rang me every month. said, well, I've been in the business 25 years. I've never seen anything as good as what this is. It actually saved what we were doing, and I've used them every day since. And he said, I wasn't sure whether the quick hitch on the digger or the track rips are the two best inventions ever made, ever in the world, he reckons. And that's the case around the world. People ring me up all the time and send me snippets and, you know, like, I don't even have to ask for, what do you call it? Testimonials. Testimonials. People just send them to you, don't they? Mm. All the time. All all the time. And And I'd imagine it's word of mouth is a big part of how you sell your products, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, we took them to the field days, obviously, and people saw them and, yeah, it's just become viral around the world, all over the world, That's like fabulous. everywhere. And how do you, speaking of all over the world, I'm just fascinated. How do you run a, you're basically running a global business operation from Eltham. Correct. And that's not a sentence I thought I'd say. So tell us about like life doing a business in Eltham, Sonia. Is that- yeah, it's extremely exciting. Yep, the phone's been going off since 2 o'clock this morning from, from America. Um, we've got emails in all the time and we just suit the customer, really, if we're having Zooms at 19 o'clock in the office um, at night we do, or if we're in 5 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the morning, we, we do whatever it takes to make it work and fit with them. Wow. So it's very exciting. Yeah, you just never know where the next email or the call is going to come from. Right. And is Eltham a good place to do business? Yeah, Eltham's just like anywhere else. We can freight overnight. Everything's by Zoom or computer. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the infrastructure's all in place. Yeah. And it's family friendly, so yes. from that point of view, great for you and the kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! And the team that we have at Carrick, we just yeah, we're just so thankful and lucky to have them on board to make it happen. Nice. Actually, I just give a plug for New Zealand here. It's really interesting. Well, with COVID, we can't travel, but up to the COVID thing, we travelled the world selling the track rips, and it's really, really interesting that when we're in Europe or Canada or in America, the Americans love New Zealand. And everyone you talk to, they always want to come here. So it's so easy to do business with them. They see Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, the Americans, as the most friendliest people to do business with. Probably New Zealand is the most friendly. And because they're always intrigued with New Zealand, they just love the products, don't they? And they always, New Zealand has a good name all over the world. If you want to buy something that's really good, buy something from New Zealand. And I'm not saying that from me. I'm saying that's how people around the world think of New Zealand. So I just sort of mentioned that. That's a No, I think you're completely right. I mean, that's what I do for my job is I, I, I tell a story of New Zealand to the world, but it's a very easy story to tell. Oh, very easy. And, uh, and, and you can still do business in COVID times without travelling. Has that had an impact? Yeah. I think COVID has actually made it better for us, to be honest. It's actually um, made us busier at work because of freight. 
But also with Sonia coming in as CEO, she's got much better. I, I wouldn't have a clue how to do a Zoom thing. I wouldn't even know any Zoom around the around the factory. But uh, you know, <laughs> they 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 know how to use these computers. I don't even add too much on. I always said the future of the thing is with computers and Zoom and and. The young people today have just got that. I haven't got it. I'm not interested either. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You've got your interests. Sonia, where did the name Carrick come from? Yeah, Dad was always told by a really good friend, if you were ever going to make any money in life, to have a car accessory to be part of the car. So car forwards and backwards is about Carrick. Car accessory. Yeah. Oh, look at that. And people, of course, can't see this, but you're wearing a uniform as well, which is pretty good. But around Eltham, you must be quite distinctive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even around New Zealand, you travel around, you know, like even go to the field days. We've been exhibiting at the field days now for probably 20, 30 years. And we're well known in the industry. People recognise everything we do now and appreciate everything that we do too, you know. Mm. What advice would you give your younger self? Actually, I'm going to ask Sonia that first. What advice would you give your younger self? You've had a pretty interesting life as well. You could go back in time 20 years. Yeah, I probably never thought I'd be ending up doing what I'm doing. It's just really just to take as much on like from your parents or from the elder as well and you just learn from that and just, you know, making a decision. It might not be the right one but to make it and to learn from your mistakes and just to enjoy life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's already going way too quick. Yes, you've been smiling the entire interview. You're, you're enjoying <laughs> life. That's great. And John, you are too. You're a very smiley family. I love it. What's your advice for your younger self? Yeah, well, I just never give up on what you want to do. You know, always explore your dreams. You know, don't worry about, you know, the day-to-day things. Just the things you want to do, just go and do them. You know, like don't even look back, you know. I would never have a rear vision mirror in my car if I didn't have to have one. You know what I'm saying? I don't look backwards. It's always looking forward. I think you might not have a seatbelt either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> have an ejector seat. <laughs> get there in a hurry. Oh, you've still got a minute or two to get a dad joke in there, by the way, because we're, we're nearly at the end, but I want to go to my final fast four questions. And I know you know these, so I'm going to ask you and then whoever's got the answer. Final four questions. What excites you most about the future of Taranaki? Wow, it's certainly the sunniest place in New Zealand. I think that's great every day. We've lately waking up these beautiful fine days and I just think it's stress-free. It's it's completely stress-free. I cannot stand those cities. I can't, you know, even around the world or Auckland or Tauranga now, you, you're all queued up to go to nowhere, you know what I'm saying? You don't have that problem here in Taranaki. It's a beautiful place to be. What do you think, Sonia? Yeah, and it's only going to expand as well and the tourism here is only going to boom and, yeah, it's just something for everyone. Absolutely beautiful place. Fantastic. Mythbusters, what's one uh, myth or thing that you've heard about Taranaki that's just not true? You think of Taranaki as New Plymouth. You know, you always think of it as the northern Taranaki, but, you know, even the south Taranaki has a lot to offer yeah. as well and to make sure when you do come here you well, explore I think the entire place. it has a lot more to place. offer. Yeah. It's, it's not a big city. No, and it's also, yeah, it's a good very law workforce down there and, you know, it's, yeah, I, I love south Taranaki. It's um. They don't have that industry up here that they do in South Taranaki. Yeah, it's a big region, big region. What's your perfect day in Taranaki? Mine is the family. Yeah, I was thinking about this one. Do you do the family or do you do a night out with girlfriends? So, yeah. <laughs> we'll have both now that you yeah, mentioned it. Yeah, so definitely the family. Like we like to, as the young kids, you know, it's nice to come up here and we like to park at Fitzroy Beach there and bike along the foreshore, stop at all the playgrounds and have fish and chips on the beach and then back 
for a swim and to the playground there and for an ice cream. And, yeah, that's our perfect day, especially in the summertime. Yeah, especially with the girlfriends. It's nice to go out to a nice restaurant and go to the bowl for for always the good gigs that are there. Yeah. Yeah. But even though we love our motorbikes, so we've still got heaps of motorbikes and we go riding them all the time. So to ride out to Wonga and back is absolutely beautiful, you know. What's Wonga? Wonga. Wonga Moana. Wonga Wonga Moana. Yeah. You got me. That's a bit of local... Ah, on the Forgotten yeah, Highway. The, the, the Wonga Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of the one. Oh, it's beautiful to go out there and, you know, and uh, or anywhere. Just all those backcountry roads, absolutely beautiful, you know. Like. Fabulous. Yeah, so, yeah. And what would you say to someone who's considering a move to Taranaki? That once they're here, there'll be no going anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a lot of people come from Auckland, eh? Oh, we, yeah. We've just had people start from Auckland. Yes. They would never come back. We've got people that come from India and work for us. Mm-hmm. They absolutely love it, you know. They, it, it's just such What a, is it they love? The lifestyle, the work? The whole life. The, the, everything, the package. The whole yep. thing's pretty relaxed, you know. Yeah. yeah. And they drive, you know, when they do come from these big cities, you know, it's, it's hardly anything from you from us to Altham or, yeah, around around Taranaki for the beaches or, yeah. Lots of options. Lots of options. Nice. Yeah. Jo, when are you going to retire, if ever? Well, I'm sort of... You know, I leave it up to Sonia on a daily basis to run the business now. So I'm semi-retired and I also have my own innovation company. So I'm doing a lot of development outside of Carrick for new products and um, and it doesn't interfere with Carrick doing that. So I love doing that. Eh? It's beautiful. I love It's just like my childhood as an adult, you know. You like, come full circle. Oh, I love it. I love it, yeah. And you're still living in the same town and enjoying uh, it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's sort of. Eltham was never my hometown, but I've been there since what, 20 years of age, or just yeah. after I won the New Zealand Motocross Champ. So, so I've been there a while. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, your enthusiasm and uh, energy combined with your laid backness, it's like you're an advertisement for South Taranaki. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for both coming in. Thank really enjoyed meeting us. you. Oh, it's you been too. great. Thanks very much for the time. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thanks to Venture Taranaki for making the Power Up podcast possible. If you're an entrepreneur at any stage of your life looking to get a new venture off the ground in Taranaki, talk to Venture Taranaki. With a network of experts, Venture Taranaki can help with one-on-one startup clinics, mentoring, workshops, connections, business and investment advisor support, all that you need to bring your idea to life. If you're not familiar with Taranaki, come and take a look. There's something here for everyone. With a supportive business community, vibrant towns, unrivaled experiences and abundant nature, Taranaki is humming. Your entrepreneurial flair, enterprise and career will flourish here and you and your family can make Taranaki your home. And lastly, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps others find us. 